0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Got any prayer requests? Any others? Okay. Remember to pray for them. Lift them up in prayer. God's comfort.
0: Francis Daniel. Francis Daniel.
1: I'd ask y'all to keep praying for Stephanie. She just she's just dealing with sickness all the time. It's just it's not morning sickness. It's morning, noon, and night. Middle of the night, whenever she's awake, sickness. And it's supposed to supposed to clear up here in a couple of weeks. But just pray for her that it'll it'll get better sooner than later. Amen. Amen. I also ask you to continue to pray for my friend Brother Wally Langford up in Tennessee, and hopefully he'll visit us for too long. All right. Anybody else? Anything else? Amen. Amen. Miss
0: Charlotte.
1: Okay. All right. If ain't nobody else, we'll go to the Lord and for. Oh, Miss Brenner. Oh my goodness. All right, okay, all right Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer Let's ask God to to meet these needs And bless this offering we're going to take up here in just a second And just meet with us this morning And, and just uh, pour His Spirit out here among us Let's go to the Lord in prayer Brother Robert, Lewis. us Let's the
0: Lord
1: Lord Lord, we not prayer following
0: the uh, and to you and we prayer the have all will take
1: us off work prayer. Amen. Be seated. 204, 204, when the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. Amen.
0: When the trumpet of the Lord shall sound and time shall be no more And the morning breaks eternal bright and fair When the saved of earth shall gather over on the other shore And the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. When the roll is called up yonder, 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 I'll be there. On that bright and cloudless morning When the dead in Christ shall rise And the glory of his resurrection share When his chosen ones shall gather To their home beyond the skies And the roll is called up yonder I'll be there When the roll is called up yonder When the roll is called up yonder When the roll Called up yonder when the roll is called up yonder. When the roll is called
1: up yonder, when the roll is called up yonder, I'll
0: be there. Amen. I'm thankful
1: for that. Amen. Amen. When I think about that, when I think about that song, I think about my loved ones who've already gone on up there. Amen. they waiting on me. Amen. I look forward to seeing them. I don't know about y'all, if y'all got loved ones up there, but I miss mine. Amen. I look forward to the day when I... I mean, look, most of all, I want to see my Savior. But I can tell you right now, it won't take me long up there till I go to hunting up some of my kinfolks. Amen. I'm ready to hug their neck and tell them how much I love them and how much I thank, I thank God for their influence in pointing me to Christ. Amen. All right, turn to one two hundred and nineteen. Two hundred and nineteen.
0: Oh they tell me of a home far beyond the skies. Oh they tell me of a home far away. Oh they tell me of a home where no storm clouds rise. Oh they They tell me of an unclouded day, oh, the land of cloudless day, oh, the land of an unclouded day, oh, they tell me of a home where no storm clouds rise, oh, they tell me of an unclouded day. Oh, they tell me of a home where my friends have gone. Oh, they tell me of that land far away where the tree of life in eternal bloom sheds its fragrance through the unclouded day. Oh, the land of cloudless day. Oh. Oh, they tell me of a home where no storm clouds rise. Oh, they tell me of an unclouded day. Oh, they tell me of a king in his beauty there. And they tell me that mine eyes shall behold where he sits on a throne that is whiter than snow in the city that is made of gold. Oh, the land of cloudless day. Oh, the land of an unclouded day. Oh, they tell me of a home where no storm clouds rise. Oh, they tell me of an unclouded day.
1: Oh, they tell me
0: that he smiles on his children there. And his smiles rise their sorrows all away. And they tell me that no tears ever come again In that lovely land of unclouded day Oh, the land of cloudless day Oh, the land of an unclouded day Oh, they tell me of a home where no storm clouds rise Oh, they tell me of an unclouded day
1: Amen. Praise God. Turn to 156. 156. Blessed assurance. Jesus is mine.
0: Blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine Praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, perfect delight. Visions of rapture now burst on my sight. Angels descending, bring from above. Echoes of mercy, whispers of love. I, and my Savior, am happy and blessed. Watching and waiting, looking above, filled with His goodness, lost in His love. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Praise God. Amen. That
1: ought to be our story. Amen. That ought to be the way it is with us. Amen. Our testimony ought to be that we belong to the Lord Jesus Christ and everybody knows it. Amen. Everybody ought to know it. I wonder... That's a good question to ask yourself. Does everybody that knows me know I'm a Christian? That's a good question. Amen. I'll meditate on that one a little while. Amen. Got that marinade. Amen. (coughs) I forgot my little black clothes pin I got to put on it. we uh-huh.
0: The man that we know as the Son of God hung upon a cruel tree. He suffered pain as no mortal man. He took my place. He did it all for me. He did it all for me. He's dropped the blood, he shed for even me. When the Savior cried, bowed his head and died. Oh, praise the Lord, he did it all. Just inside of those gates of pearl And the master's face I see I will gladly kneel At his nail-pierced feet Oh, praise the Lord, he did it all for shed for even me When the Savior cried, bowed his head and died, oh praise the Lord, he did it all for me When the Savior cried, bowed his head and died Oh praise the Lord. He did it all for me.
1: Praise God for that. Well, amen. Good to be here this morning. Amen. It's good to be anywhere, but it's sure good to be here. Amen. And you think about it, you could have been anywhere else in the world, but thank God we're in church. There's so many people out, you think about it, so many people out running up and down in a shopping mall trying to find presents for somebody at this hour, or they're running down Walmart trying to get groceries so they can cook. They're doing something besides being in God's house, but thank God we got enough sense to be here. Amen? Yeah. And, and our mission is to go out and get others, to join us, Amen. <clears throat> All right, we're going to be in we're going to be in um, Matthew chapter 22 this morning. Matthew chapter 22. So I want you to turn there with me. Matthew 22 and verse 23. We kind of as we're going through this this study of g- getting to know Jesus, you know, we're jumping around through the Gospels, one to the next, and and uh, I could read this out of three different Gospels. It's in it's in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. But uh but we're gonna we're gonna stick with Matthew's account this morning as Jesus as one phrase that Jesus utters is is important that we find there, and it wasn't in Luke. Uh Matthew twenty two, we're gonna look in verse twenty three. But as you remember, if you remember last week, we there was the question of taxes, right? And we and we uh we dealt with that with render under the unto Caesar's the things that be Caesar's which are Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God's. And we talked about that. Yeah, be a good citizen. Pay your taxes. Do, you know, respect the law until it violates God's law. And at that point, you honor God. Just like I said, just like Daniel did, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, just like, listen, we, we, need to, we need to honor God first, amen? He is first place. He should be first place in every one of our lives. But as we look now, you see many groups of these different religious types have come at Jesus. They all hated him. They all wanted him gone. They all wanted him dead. Um, we'll go ahead and read our text, and then, we'll, and then we'll get into the message. All right, so Matthew 22, verse 23, down through verse 33, the Bible says, The same day came to him the Sadducees, which say that there is no resurrection, and they asked him, saying, Master, Moses said, if a man die, having no children, his brother shall marry his wife and raise up seed unto his brother. Now there were with us seven brethren, and the first, when he had married a wife, deceased and having no issue, left his wife unto his brother. Likewise, the second also, and the third, Unto the seventh. The la- and last of all, the woman died also. Therefore, in the resurrection, whose wife shall she be of the seven? For they all had her. Jesus answered and said unto them, Ye do err, not knowing the Scriptures nor the power of God. For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage but are as the angels of God in heaven. But as touching the resurrection of the dead, have you not read that which was spoken unto you by God, saying, I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob? God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. And when the multitude heard this, they were astonished, at his doctrine may the lord add his blessing to the reading of his word let's go to him in prayer this morning our heavenly father lord we come before you this morning lord i i know for one for me personally i need you i need the power of your holy ghost lord god i need you to make my mind clear and sharp lord i need you to let these thoughts flow through me freely Holy Ghost of God, take control of these lips. Lord, this flesh, I pray you take control of this vessel. Lord, you fill me. You put into me exactly what you want me to say. and Lord, you say it just the way you want it said. I yield myself to you wholeheartedly. I ask you to cleanse me of any sin that might be in my life that's not I've not asked forgiveness for. Lord, I pray you totally cleanse me and fill me and pour me out, Lord. I pray for each and every one under the sound of my voice. Lord God, that they be blessed by the Word of God. Lord, I pray the Holy Spirit of God work in each life. You know the need of each one, of each heart. Lord, of these that sit in this congregation, and Lord, those who listen to us on the Internet, Father, we pray that you touch them. Lord, we pray that you meet their needs. Lord, if there be some who listen who don't know Christ, Father, we pray this be the day of salvation. Lord, if there's some who are backslidden, that they come... Come back to your side, Lord, and walk with you again as they should. Father, we just pray that you meet the needs. Touch our lives, Father. Give us instruction from the Word. Help us, Lord, to see the need of our society around us that's drowning in sin. And, Lord, motivate us not to just let them keep on marching to hell, but, Lord, to step in the middle and say, I know of a Savior who will save you. Oh, Lord, we pray. We pray, Father, for you to work now. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. All right. Just a little bit of a of a kind of a a lesson on the Sadducees before we get into it. I promise you the message is about this short. I got a little build up to it, but the message is about this short. It won't be that bad, Robert, I promise. <clears throat> Lots, a lot is known about the Pharisees. We see the Pharisees all through the New Testament or, or through, the, through the Gospels anyway. But we don't see as much about the Pharisees. We hear about them a little bit, but we don't see very much about them. But, but understand, I mean, this is the last week of Jesus' earthly life, okay? Everybody is coming. It's all coming to a head. It's all coming toward Passover. I mean, that, everybody's there. The, the scene is set. All the religious types are there in the temple. I mean, you got to realize Jesus had come in. He had cleaned house. He had he had run all the money changers out, and he'd set up a place in there where he's ministering. Okay, and so you you you've got you've got all these groups who come and had him with these confrontational issues of the day. I mean, if you want to if you want to kind of we'll just kind of flip through them here. Uh, if you look over in Mark chapter ten, if you got time to flip over, if you can find it quick enough, in Mark ten. Verse two you see that the uh first of all the Pharisees came at him with the issue of divorce, and they tried to tempt him in that area and then uh and and then after that the chief priests and the scribes and the elders in mark chapter eleven uh verse twenty seven and twenty eight and i i don't know if we got time to read all these mark chapter eleven twenty seven and twenty eight um, they came at him and, and and they they come again to Jerusalem and as he was walking in the temple they came to him uh, came to him the chief priests the scribes and the elders and they say unto him by what authority doest thou these things and who gave thee this authority to do these things they they were trying to challenge his authority and uh and then the Pharisees and the Herodians they came at him what we saw last week with the issue of taxes whether or not it's lawful to to, to pay tribute. And remember that, that image in superscription and the, the saying? I mean, it was written on there, and it was making, making uh, Caesar out to be a god. And, you know, they, they were trying to figure out, we're going to get him. We're going to catch him. We're going to trap him and, and, and trick him, and we're going to get him, and then we're going to take him to the authorities, and we'll be rid of him, and won't have, we can go back to doing things our way. That's their plan. Okay? They, they, he was Jesus just upset their apple cart, okay. And now the the Sadducees, rather, they come at him with their favorite issue, and that was the resurrection. Okay, everybody's got their little pet issue, seems like, and uh, and this was theirs. <clears throat> now they didn't believe in the resurrection we'll talk about that in just a minute. The, the, the Sadducees and the Pharisees, they're the two main religious parties in Jesus' day. They, they both sat on the Sanhedrin. They, they were, you know, it kind of flip-flopped, one in power more than the other, kind of like the Democrats and the Republicans today. Uh, it, it very much, I mean, listen, you know, history, history takes us down, uh, history takes us along, things change, characters change, but the, but the heart of man doesn't change you got the same kind of people. You put a different name on them, uh, you know, different clothes, maybe different setting, but the same issues arise no matter what. I mean, nothing's new under the sun. The Bible tells us that. And uh, the Sadducees, were, were, they were a little smaller in number than the Pharisees, but they, they were wealthier. They were more powerful. They were powerful socially. I mean, they, 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 were, the, they were the bigwigs and they were powerful politically as we talked about last week they had lots of dealings with rome they didn't mind uh dealing with the gentiles they they were a very, you can really say that they were a very they were a very secular religious folk <laughs> got a lot of those folks today you were talking about that in sunday school about how people how we need to do things right here and how you've seen so many how seen so many places and when you said that immediately i think about you know instead of instead of it being the word of God a church is built on. A lot of times it's built on entertainment, uh, pizza parties, roller skating, and nobody roller skates anymore, do they? That's a gone, that's a long gone thing. But anyway, you know, basketball gyms and all this, you know, we got to get the kids in here. We got to bring the youth in. The truth is we need to go after everybody. Amen. You don't do that with things, but I'm going to get on a rabbit trail. So I'm going to try to stay, stay on what I'm doing here. But, uh, but the Sadducees, um, they were they were associated with the priesthood. They were associated with the temple. Okay, but they were the liberal theologians of their day. I mean, well, we got a lot of them today. I went in. I went in Living Water Bookstore in Paris yesterday. I was looking. I was looking for a book. In particular, um, by one like I said, these older authors—that's who I read too. I don't read after the newfangled guys. I don't. I, I, I like to read after men who 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 wrote about the Word of God back in different cultural times, before the world got as wicked as it is today. Um, but you know what? There's so many. Like I said, when I was in a bookstore yesterday, everywhere I look it's all liberal theology. There's not anything uh anything conservative minded anymore. There's nothing anything that's fundamental truth anymore. It's all feelings and feel-goody stuff. And that's what most and that's what most big churches have become in America. It's all feel-goody. You know, it caters to people's uh their their sensibilities. I mean, you got these you got these churches with coffee shops in the front and I mean, they got cafes, they got stores. They got, I mean, they—they've one of them got a shopping mall somewhere I read about years ago. And uh, they've they been building churches with bars in them now to bring in the, the uh, younger crowd to sit and drink beer and talk about Jesus. I know that seems hard to get your head around, but that's real. There, there are those types of things in America today. I know, it's just hard to, hard, to, hard to fathom. But I think the Sadducees would have felt okay with all that. That's the crowd we're talking about. Because, and here, here's why I say, they weren't very deep spiritually. I mean, they denied the resurrection. They believed that when you died, that's it. There wasn't going to be no afterlife.
0: <clears throat>
1: they didn't believe in the existence of angels, they totally denied that, too. And they didn't believe in miracles. You might say, well, what in the world did they believe in? Not much. Not much. They, they, they simply had an idea. Of, I mean, they, they had painted this idea that they were religious, but there really wasn't anything to it. <clears throat> they claimed that Moses, in, in, in the five, first five books of the Old Testament, the Pentateuch, they, 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 uh, they claimed that he didn't write anything about the resurrection. They claimed he didn't write anything about the existence of angels, and he didn't write anything about miracles. They denied all that. But the priestly party in Israel was composed of Sadducees. And that explains why the priests opposed the apostles' preaching of the resurrection. If you look over in Acts chapter 4, verse 1 and 2, the Bible says, and as the people spake, And as they spake unto the people, the priests and the captains of the temples and the Sadducees came upon them being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They didn't like that. They don't listen. They don't want anybody teaching anything other than what they're teaching. And you know why they do that? Because they want control over the people. Amen? If they have this... If they have this... uh, uh, bluff on the people that there's no there's no resurrection if they can keep them in ignorance see they can control them it's very much how the catholic church works by the way it keeps the people in ignorance we'll tell you what we want you to learn and uh, and that's another reason they wanted lazarus dead y'all knew they wanted lazarus dead right in john 12 10 and 11 the bible says but the chief priest consulted that they might put Lazarus also to death because that by reason of him, many of the Jews went away and believed on Jesus. Well, yeah, I mean, he he was dead. He was in the grave and he was dead and they knew he was dead. And then he came up out of it and, and they were going out in droves to see him. People were going to his house and sitting down with Lazarus. They wanted to touch him. They wanted to talk to him. They wanted to know all about it. And that was... I was throwing a monkey wrench in the Sadducees' teaching. So they were angry. They didn't like it. They said, there's no resurrection, neither angel nor spirit. That's in Acts 23, 6 through 8. They rejected the idea of God's sovereignty or as they called it, fate. They didn't believe in. They didn't believe that things were going to happen. Like I said, you know, they didn't think God was in control. They thought man was in control. They, uh, y'all ever heard of the Epicureans? Y'all ever heard that that term? That's people that just live for the pleasures of this world. That's basically how these men lived. They just, they just, you know, this is. I mean, when when all you've got is this life, I mean, you might as well live it up, right? That's, the, that's where they come from. That's, where, that's the idea they had. <clears throat> and uh, they accepted the freedom of the will. In other words, they rejected God's sovereignty. They rejected that God was in control, and they just believed in man's free will. Realize that's the attitude of a lot of people in our world today. Back back a long time ago, there was a guy over in England by the name of Alistair Crowley. I've mentioned his name before. He was known as the most evil man that ever lived, and his mother was the one that gave him that name. She was a Bible believer, by the way. Uh, his parents were... Pre- I don't to say his dad was a Presbyterian preacher, but but Alistair Crowley, he he threw himself wholeheartedly into all the works of Satan, and, and he embraced black magic, and he practiced black magic, and he taught black magic, and wrote books on black magic, and he had a he came up with this, this, I think it was called the Law of Thelema, and it stated this. It said, it said uh, do as thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. Now, that was what he lived by, and that's what he taught. In other words, y'all have heard this before, if it feels good, do it, Right? That's what old Timothy Leary or whatever back in the 60s preached. What was he doing? He was a student, a disciple of Crowley. And, and that was not new at all. No, it went all the way back to the Sadducees. Of course, they got it from somebody else, and they got it from somebody else. It's as old as Cain. Do what you want to. Doesn't matter. Live for this world. Live for now. Look out for yourself. Don't worry about nobody else. That's well. That's the attitude of a lot of people today, isn't it? <clears throat> politically, politically, these people supported the status quo. They didn't want any changes. They want things the way they are. They were happy with the with the mess and the corruption that was going on in Israel. Sound like a lot of people we know today too. Amen. Or we've seen today. <clears throat> And I say all that just to show you. Listen, people are not different. People don't change. And and those people out there need Jesus. All right? Jesus warned against the teaching of both the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And he mentioned them in one breath in Matthew chapter 16, verse 6. Then Jesus said unto them, take heed and beware... Of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees, now why did he said, beware of the leaven? y'all know what leaven does. I mean, if you put leaven in, which is which is yeast in in some it, you make you a dough and you set it on the counter and leave it in a warm spot, what's going to happen? It's going to rise and get bigger and bigger and multiply numerous times its original size, and that's what happens when this idea that God doesn't matter and what we want matters. When you, start, when, you, when you allow that ideology to start getting taught, it'll spread like a cancer. It'll swell like, it'll swell like bread, though. I mean, it, it's dangerous. Uh, listen, God warns against that. We're to submit ourselves unto God and resist the devil, and he'll flee from us. That's what the Bible says. So we, we've got to be careful that this, this, this ideology doesn't infiltrate our thinking. That, listen, and I know that if we're saved this morning and we know the Lord Jesus Christ is our Savior, listen, chances are you're not going to let that thinking dominate you. But listen, we live in a world that's saturated with this thinking. It's saturated with it. We live in an immediate gratification world. Y'all realize we live in a microwave, drive food, instant. Everything's faster today than it ever was. We want it now, 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 now. Instead of waiting on God. We're taught, just by the speed of the world around us, hurry up and gimme, give gimme, give gimme, give gimme. Everything. You watch a commercial on TV, pow, 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 pow. Images are just popping at you faster than you can really register them. None of that's an accident. We're, we're being distracted on purpose. Our minds are being taken off of God. It's, it's all working systematically. Now, I'm getting off track again. But I say that because, I say that to to tell you this, we need to keep our mind state on God. We need to focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to spend our time with him lest we be influenced by the society around us. God says beware of it. Watch out for it. You know, a lot of times when you're told to beware of something, it's because we're not going to see it coming. Amen. It's in, and I didn't, I didn't throw all this in here. This is all extra I just happened to think of. But you know what? It's all around us. It's in the music that plays on the radio. It's in the shows that are on the television. It's in the shows that are on the movie screen. It's in the entertainment that's on the Internet. It's in, it's in every part of society, this idea that man, what man wants matters more than what God wants. And that we shouldn't wait on God. We shouldn't, like you said in Sunday school, we shouldn't live simplistic lives and focus on the Lord. We ought to be consumed with the materialism of this world and the things of this world and getting all we can get. But you ain't, there, ain't no, there, ain't no, there ain't no moving vans going to heaven. Can't take nothing from this world. There ain't no U-Hauls behind a hearse. As a matter of fact, I have seen that before, though. I've seen a U-Haul behind a hearse. I don't think it was going to the graveyard, though. But... uh. God wants us to be careful of these folks. I mean, they were out to kill Jesus. See, both, both the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they, they envied Jesus. Why did they envy? Because when his miracles brought the people, and they wanted the crowd. They wanted the people to oo and ah over them. They wanted the people to bow down to them and see them as almost, as almost God-like themselves, as the rulers who were to, who were to uh, tell them how to live. See, in, in Christ there's freedom. In Christ, there's liberty, but they they wanted, they wanted all that power and all that authority for themselves. He drew the crowds that they couldn't draw, and they hated him. When the Sadducees came up to Jesus, it wasn't for the purpose. They wouldn't want to ask him a question to find out something from him because they really were earnestly seeking information. No, what they wanted to do, they wanted to strike a double blow. Number one, they hated the Pharisees, and they wanted to come and show up the Pharisees, and at the same time, they wanted to ridicule Jesus because, uh, because both the Pharisees and Jesus taught and believed in a resurrection. So they wanted to come up and trick Jesus in that to look victorious and walk away with their chest puffed out, swelled up with pride, saying, well, we put him in his place, didn't we? So as we look at it this morning, Matthew 22:23. The same day came the, came the Sadducees, which say there is no resurrection, and asked him, saying, Master, Moses said, If a man die having no children, his brother shall marry his wife and raise up seed unto his brother. Now there were with us seven brethren. The first, when he had married a wife, deceased and having no issue, left his wife unto his brother. Likewise, the second also, and the third unto the seventh. Now, now this, this is based on a law in, the, in, in Deuteronomy, and I'll let you see it here in a minute. I'll tell you, show you where it's at here in a minute. But I, I just got to thinking myself, these poor guys. Now, you just think about it. The first one, he's with her, and everything's good, and he dies, and she doesn't have any kids. So she call, hollers at his brother. Well, I guess we're gonna have to get married, and and and, and, and so we can have some kids. So your brother'll have a a child uh, who have his name. So second one moves in. They get they get married. He moves in, and then they try to have kids, and that dude dies. And then the third one, she calls him up and says, Hey, you're gonna have to raise up seed to your brother. Come on, let's get married. You know, if I was the fourth guy, I think I'd have left town. She kills people, amen? This woman's a killer. Seven, of, She killed seven of them. I don't know what, I, maybe it was a cooking. I don't know, but seven of them didn't make it. And last of all, a woman died also. Well, thank God she didn't kill nobody else, amen?
0: <laughs>
1: but, but, but for real, this was a law, this was a law. And I'll read it to you, Deuteronomy 25, 5 through 10. It says, "If brethren dwell together and one of them die and have no child, the wife of the dead shall not marry without unto a stranger. Her husband's brother shall go in unto her and take her to him to wife, and perform the duty of a husband uh, and, do, and perform the duty of a husband's brother unto her, And it shall be that the firstborn which she beareth shall succeed in the name of his brother, which is dead, and his name shall not be put out of Israel. And if the man like not to take his brother's wife, now get this, if he don't want her, let then his brother's wife go up to the gate and up to the elders and say, basically she going out the courthouse, say, my husband's brother refused refuseth to raise up unto his brother a name in Israel. He will not perform the duty of my husband's brother. Then the elders of his city shall call him and speak unto him. And if he stand to it and say, I like not to take her, then shall his brother's wife come in unto him in the presence of the elders, loose his shoe from off his foot, and spit in his face, and shall answer and say, so shall it be done unto the man that will not build up his brother's house, and his name shall be called in Israel, the house of him that hath his shoe loosed. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, the prospect of dying over getting spit in the face and my shoe took off, I think I take the shoe off and the spit in the face, amen, rather than dying. But, but then they asked the question, they said, Well, therefore, in the resurrection, whose wife shall she be of the seven? For they all had her. Now, let's just be honest. They really didn't want an answer because they didn't believe it themselves. Just like the dudes last week who pulled out that penny and he said, show me a penny, and they whipped one right out of their pocket. They had one. Here they were, trying to act like they were holier than thou, and lo and behold, they had a penny in their pocket. And these fellas are trying to trip Jesus up with something they don't believe themselves. They're all hypocrites. Amen? All of them hypocrites. Jesus looked at them, and he said, Ye do err, not knowing the Scriptures, nor the power of God. For in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels of God in heaven. Now, we need to, I want to just kind of touch on that for a second. This is not so much a bombastic, you're just getting all kinds of loads of truth, but this is, this is more of a teaching message. And, you know, what's going to happen when we die? Okay? What's going to happen when we get to heaven? <laughs> say you're in that situation. Say, there, say that does happen. Okay? And and they and, and, and it's possible, I guess, that it did happen. Well, when they get to heaven. Whose wife is she gonna be? Jesus said, Y'all don't understand the scriptures. Well, this is what he wants them to know. Here's what he wants us to know about it. None of them. Here's why. There won't be no marriage. Nobody's gonna get married in heaven. Okay? There won't be any need for the marriage relationship in heaven. What's the purpose of marriage? purpose of marriage is procreation, right? To replenish the earth. That's, that was the reason. So when you get to heaven, there ain't going to be no more babies born, right? So uh, it's pretty simple. The Bible says we'll be... Well, let me just read it. John, John, 1 John 3, 2, the Bible says, Beloved, now we are the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. <laughs> okay. Well, Jesus appeared in that body. He appeared He appeared to about 500 and some odd people in that body. And you know what? He didn't look. He didn't look a lot different from the way he looked before. He looked some different, but he had hands. He had. He had feet. He had. He. Uh, but you know what? He was able to go through a wall. He was able to disappear. He was able to do all kinds of things. And I, and I assume in a glorified body that we're going to have when we get to heaven, we'll have the same power that he'll have to do the same kinds of things. We'll be able to go through walls and disappear and whatever. I don't know. I'm just saying if we're going to be like him, amen, but there won't be a need for marriage in heaven. Now, you read it. you might say, well, I don't want to live without my wife in heaven. Well, you know what I believe? I believe God will allow us to stay with whoever we want to stay with in heaven. I believe we won't spend time over here with these folks, spend time with those folks, go visit and go all over. I believe we just go and do what as we please. There won't be any need for the physical things of earth. It'll be better there than it ever was here. Amen. I just existing here, I mean, just existing there will be will be so much far greater than any pleasures we ever had in this earth. All the time. But he says, but as touching the resurrection of the dead, have you not read that which was spoken unto unto you by God, saying, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob? God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. Now, I want to just touch on a few thoughts, and then we're going to go to the house. (coughs) Again, the Sadducees were living for this life only. (coughs) What are you living for? Grant, I, I, it's it's amazing to me how you say things in Sunday school that I'm gonna say in my lesson. That's just God working, That's God setting us up, preparing us. What are you living for? Are you living? Are you living just to get retired so you can just sit back and do nothing? Or are you are you living for God? Because whatever whatever you're working toward, whatever you're living for, whatever you're driving, whatever's driving you, that's your purpose in life. Are you living as if eternity matters? Or are you only living for now, to have the best now? You know, I worry about people like Joel Osteen that writes books called Your Best Life Now. Listen, if your best life is now, you're going to hell, okay? As simple as that. This is not our best life, amen? This is a runway for heaven. This, this This is the one trial run you get to show God how much you love him. This is it. And if we're living for the things of this world, and again, there's nothing wrong with having things. We all have things, but it's where your heart is. And and the Sadducees, they had no use for any thought of an afterlife. They had no use of thought of serving God for eternity. They just live for now. We can use God as a control mechanism to, to get the things we want in this world, much like... Pope Francis is using as a control mechanism to control millions of people all over the world. <clears throat> looks like all kinds of dead religion controls people. Cults control people. That's the way the, the Sadducees were using Judaism to control people. <clears throat> they were living for this world only. And I, I, dare, I, I ask you to consider your ways. Consider your life consider why you do what you do why do you why do you do the things you do is it because you love god and you're trying to please him are you trying to get closer to god are you working on that daily is that a priority in your life or are you simply just in a rut going through the motions you got in with the rest of the rest of the sheep that's or the cattle or whatever that's going toward the, the slaughter i mean are we just are we just all just I mean, are we just all headed together down this road to death? Are we just all, listen, just all headed down it, just trying to get all we can get? Are we really living for God? I question that. I I, I have to. I question that in my own personal life daily. Am I representing the Lord Jesus Christ when I go to work? I want to. Listen, I work around lost people. I don't know about y'all, but I work around lost people. I don't know where you go and what you do, but I guarantee you, you get around lost people. There's lost people everywhere. And what we do is going to back up our testimony. What we say is going to back up our testimony. If we say we're washing the blood of Jesus Christ and our lives don't, don't show that, what good's your witness? You're kicking your legs out from under yourself. They were living only for this life. You and I are supposed to live for eternity. Second thing I see again, they 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 live to please themselves. Well, see, my Bible tells me if any man will come after me, Jesus said, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. We're not listen, we're not to live this life just to please ourselves. Amen. We're to live to please others. We're to live to please God. We're to live I say to please others, we're to live to to serve others and to please God. Number three, I see the Sadducees lived ignorantly toward the Scriptures. There's so many people that come to church, they sit on the pews, they sing the songs, they know all of it, but they don't study the Word. They get a little thimbleful, full, spill it on the way out the door. That'll live in this book. Again, as we said in Sunday school, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Anything and everything you get in this life that's any good is going to come out of this book. We can't live ignorant of it, amen? I tell you, when we get to heaven, you know, we're going to stand before Jesus Christ at the judgment seat of Christ. And you know what? If you didn't read your Bible and you don't really know what the Scriptures say, you have a very basic elementary uh, knowledge of God from the Scriptures. I don't. I'm not trying to jump on you. I don't want you to feel. I don't want you to. I'm not trying to hurt your feelings, but I want to tell you something. You'll be ashamed. You'll be ashamed. We got the. I mean, think about it. We have liberty in this country to have a copy of the Word of God and to read it without threat. And if we don't do it, and we don't understand it, it's our own fault. God's given us his Holy Spirit to help us to understand the Scriptures. And if we, if we just get so caught up in this life, in this world, chasing after things and, 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 and trying to keep up with somebody else's status in life, we're missing the point of living for God. I mean, we're not living for God if we're doing that. And these Sadducees weren't. They were prideful hypocrites. I'm gonna tell you that's that's what you turn into when you don't have a close relationship with the Lord Jesus. If you're not careful, you turn into a prideful hypocrite. Religious people often are. Now I'm listening. I'm not religious. I I I got a relationship. Amen. Amen. Number five. Let me say to you that they denied the power of God. They did. I mean, again, they, they, they cared more for their own will than they ever thought about God. They didn't think he had one. It took me, that took me in my mind to 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, which says, This know also that in the last days, which we're living in, by the way, perilous times shall come. And they're here. I believe that. Amen. They ain't got as bad in the perilous as they're going to get, but they're perilous nonetheless. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Again, that's what they do. They just do what I want to do. I, it's my life. I'll do what I want to do with it. That's lovers of their own selves. Covetous. I, I, I want to get as much as I can get. I want what you got. I'm going to get it too. Boasters. Bragging on themselves. Proud. Arrogant. Blasphemers. Got no got no got no use for holy things. Disobedient to parents. Unthankful. Oh, I tell you what—we live in an ungrateful. Like we got an ungrateful generation coming up. They don't care one thing for the for the sacrifices that have been made so they have the things that they have. God help us. We got a, we got we got a generation coming up in this nation that could care less for all the blood that's been shed for their freedom. Care not one bit. Unthankful. Unthankful. Unholy just absolutely trample on the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ without natural affections, killing their own children. We're living in this day. Truth breakers, they'll lie to you just as well as look at you. False accusers, oh, oh, that's Congress. Incontinent, can't control themselves either, amen. Fierce, despisers of those that are good. Traitors, heady, ooh, they're full of their self, high-minded. Lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, a form of it. Really, oh, we're religious. We're religious. But we deny the power thereof. And what did Paul say from such? Turn away. It almost sounds like Paul was talking about the Sadducees. I don't know. He was talking about a group that was just like the Sadducees. It almost sounds like he's talking about the Democratic Party. I don't know, but hey, you know. But it sounds like to me he's talking about a lot of people, a lot of people that don't know God, that are drowning, drowning in the sin-sick world we live in. And you know what they need? They need the truth. They need to know they need to know that this world is not the end. They need to know that this life is not all there is. See, God's not the God of the dead. God's the God of the living. In Mark 12, which is the other, the other account of this that I'm reading, it said, and it's touching the dead, Mark twelve twenty six and 27, and it's touching the dead that they rise. Have you not read in the book of Moses how the bush, how in the bush God spake unto him. You know, he told him, he said, take off your shoes because where you stand standing is holy ground. And he said to him, he said, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Now, you say, well, wait a minute, they were all dead. No, their bodies died. They weren't dead. Oh, no, no. He's still alive. Abraham's still alive. Amen. Isaac's still alive. Jacob's still alive. He's not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. Jesus said, ye therefore do greatly err. You can't even see the truth. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. We stand between the living and the dead. We do. You and I, we're to carry that bridge, which is Christ, into that gap between the living and the dead and set it down for them so they can cross over. That's our job. Amen? Without, without that, listen, that, that's important. And listen, not that we're important, but the job we have to do is important. And if we, and if we don't do that important job, what are we doing? Are we just living like these Sadducees, just, just trying to do what we can and get through life and get all we can get? God, help us. We need to remember. You and I are to bridge that gap for the lost. Even though we despise the way they live, even though we despise the way they act, it doesn't change the fact that you and I were there before. You and I would be there today, but for the grace of God. God is not the God of the dead. He's the God of the living. I want to close with this verse, John eleven twenty five. Outside the tomb of Lazarus, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection. They said, there ain't no resurrection. He said, hey, I am the resurrection. Amen. Hey, and the life. They wouldn't wouldn't have life if it weren't for me. He that believeth in me, though he were dead. Yet shall he live. I could take you back to the spot tonight, uh, today. I could take him and, and, and put my finger on the spot where I passed from the dead to the living. Amen. Can you do that? Could you take me back and, and, and show me a spot? I've told people this a lot of times. It don't make no difference if you remember the day. Oh, that's great if you remember the day. I remember the day I got saved. It was November the 1st, 1975. But I can take you to the spot. I could, if it wasn't a concrete floor, I could drive a stake down. Somebody said, you may not remember the time or the date, but you ought to be able to drive a stake at the spot. Where were you at when you got saved? Amen? There was a place and there was a time. Amen? I thank God that I know that I know that I serve the God of the living. Amen? Let's stand together. (coughs) Father in heaven, we thank you this morning. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you Lord God that you Lord this life's not all there is Thank God for that Lord we're thankful For a no so salvation in Jesus Christ Thankful that you loved us in spite of our sins Lord that you sent him into this world Born of a virgin To grow up Teach the truth and die for sins. What a Savior we have. Lord, I pray that if there be one who's under the sound of my voice, who's lost in their sins, doesn't know how to be saved, I pray, Lord, that, that by now they do know. By now they have have heard and understood that Jesus Christ died on a cross for them, was buried, but he is the resurrection. He didn't stay dead. He came up from that grave and he's alive forevermore and he's paid for eternal life for us. And it's by his shed blood if we believe that he paid the debt for us that we can have eternal life. Father, I pray that each one of us, Lord, we examine our own life, we examine our own walk, and we ask ourselves, am I living a life daily that is steeped in the faith of of what the Word of God tells me to do, what what the Word of God shows me, how I should live. Am I living that faith out daily? Is it all words or is it action? Lord, convict us in our hearts where we need it. Convict us and show us the changes that ought to be made in us. Lord, that we don't get that we don't get caught up in the influence of this world that just tells us just to do as we please. Oh, Lord, may we ever fight against that flood that comes against us in the power of the Spirit. Father, I thank you for this message. Thank you for this day. Bless us now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Sister, come, bless. Thank you. Just as I am is fine <coughs> As we sing Just as I am If the Lord's got something on your heart You need to come and pray you Come and do that Or you need me to pray with you I'll be glad to do that as well Whatever you need this morning
0: Just as I But, oh, Lamb of God, I come, amen, I come, amen, sisters. Thank you.
1: Well, praise God. Listen, let's be back in the house of God tonight. Six o'clock, right? It is six. I'll get used to these times directly. But uh, anyway, six o'clock tonight, let's be here. Amen. Amen. I, I know Cowboys will be on, but. Set it and watch it later. Just come to church, amen. Come to church. Amen. Come to church. Let's get let's get some more. Amen. Since we won't be here Wednesday night, let's be sure and get some on Sunday night. Amen. All right. Well I ain't gonna hold you no longer. I know Robert's hungry, so Amen. Uh, that's good, Amen. I'm still full from last night. I don't know about y'all. I just wanna tell I just wanna tell you ladies, that was some powerful cooking. Powerful cooking. I, I I eat things last night i never had before, and it was good, too. Amen. Praise the Lord. Look forward to the next time we get a chance to eat. I I understand we do that regular around here, right? Last Sunday. November. Last Sunday well, that's blessed. November, December. Okay. Well, that's a blessing. Amen. Amen. Any word from anybody before we dismiss this morning? God's good, y'all. All the time he's good. Amen. Brother Dan dismisses. Father,
0: we thank you this time we have to come together. thank you for the the We <coughs>
1: oh, you got you some fine boys there.
0: Yeah. Hi, Filler. How are you? He's he, he ready to go. Yeah. Okay. God <laughs> bless you, man. Thank you, thank you
1: sister. Uh-huh. How you doing, buddy?
0: <laughs>
1: Good. All right. Mm-hmm.